Welcome everyone back to another episode of NFL Study Hall. I'm joined by Jordan Litwiller, one of my classmates in the sports broadcasting major and an avid Philadelphia Eagles fan. We'll get to their game in a minute, but first, Jordan, let's go over the game of the night. First game, football is finally back. What are you, in general, what are your thoughts about this game? What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, first off, I just want to say thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited for today and for tonight's game at 8.20. I can't wait. we got about six hours left. But So I think today what I'm looking for, I, I want to see Dak. That's gonna be, that'll be interesting to me and seeing how he, how he fares and obviously the Bucks coming off their Super Bowl win. How do they, do they have the Super Bowl hangover or what do they look like in their first game back? So those are the two main things. I think it's safe to say that the Bucks are definitely the favorite going into this matchup. Super Bowl champs, you down the Chiefs. Uh, Cowboys are having less than an impressive year in 2020, are trying to make up a lot of ground. Uh, let's first start with the Cowboys as the main underdogs. What are the keys for the Dallas Cowboys to compete against the Super Bowl champs? Yeah, so I think the first key for them is they have to have a good pass rush, and I think that starts with three guys, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons. I think Demarcus Lawrence, he's kind of coming off two down years. He only had six and a half sacks last year, and he's the fourth highest paid to Ed Rusher at $21 million a year. So I think he needs to step up. And then Randy, Randy Gregory as well, he had three and a half sacks in the 10 games last year. He's only played 26 career games, so he's pretty young and has a lot of room to improve. And then Micah Parsons, have you been watching Hard Knocks much? I don't know. If I, I personally haven't, but yeah, so I know the, it's been good. Yeah, in the last Hard Knocks, he was working with Cowboys legend Demarcus Ware, and so he's going learn to learn some of his pass rushes, his techniques, and so I'm excited to see how that pays off. So that, that's what I would say was the main thing for them on defense. On offense, the, all the news lately has been on Dak, right? He's back, he's healthy, people are, I've seen him go for MVP votes. What do you expect to see from Dak in his first game back? Yeah, I think I think for Dak, I don't want to say like a certain number of yards or a certain number of touchdowns would be a success, but just to have him back out there after that devastating ankle injury is going to be a big step for him. I think the mental aspect is going to be really tough coming back off of that. Like, do you trust that ankle? And just kind of, you always have it in the back of your mind. And on top of that, he has a shoulder strain. He was a full participant in practice, but that's one thing that could be lingering. I think for Dak, too, he, he's overcome odds before. He was a fourth-round draft pick, and, I mean, in the first five games last year, he was on pace to throw for over 6,000 yards, which would have been shattering the record. And so I, I don't really have certain expectations, but I, I do think he will be successful. He will, he will take some time to get back and maybe look a little bit uncomfortable in the first and second quarters. But once he gets out of the pocket a little bit, takes a couple hits, I think he'll be good to go. So I'm really excited to see how that, how that looks. And you talk about taking hits. We all know that this Tampa Bay defense is an absolute stud. You've got all those guys on there, Jason Pierre-Paul, Nam Kinsu, um, all the guys in the secondary. What will be the defense for Tampa Bay prioritizing in this game? Yeah, I think, I think for them, it comes down to stopping the run game because of, because of their elite front seven. I think they can do that, and Zach Martin's going to be out with COVID, and so I think that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big blow for the Cowboys' O-line. And so I think if the key for the Cowboys to win, in my opinion, is to control the time of possession. And if they can do that, because their wide receivers are going to get theirs. I think they have probably three of the top three receivers in the league in terms of just an overall receiving core. You have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and then Michael, Michael Gallup, who could all be number one receivers on any other team probably. Um, so I think if, if Tampa is able to stop the run and just let the wide receivers get theirs and focus on stopping down Zeke and Pollard, I think they'll be good to go. And I think that if, the, if Dallas, their main goal needs to be to keep their defense off of the field. And so... Establishing the run would be big for them. 
going to the Tampa Bay offense is one of the most dominant offenses in the league. You talk about the three wide receivers in, in Dallas, but I mean these three wide receivers, these three receivers yeah. in, in Tampa Bay are virtually unstoppable. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, plus a tight end named Rob Gronkowski, yeah. whom I think a lot of people forget about. Yeah. They um, go toe to toe with anybody for sure. For sure. And this this Cowboys defense was horribly bad last year. They're still not to their full potential, I don't think. Um, we'll see how Mark, Micah Parsons does. Like you, like you said, are we going to see anything different out of this Tampa Bay offense, or are we going to see the same Tom Brady in this offense roll through the passing game? I think, yeah, there's two main things that I'm looking for in this game, and one of that is the running back rotation. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Obviously, at the end of last year, you had playoff Lenny, who had who went for 4.7 yards per carry, and, and he also doubled Jones' carry attempts in the playoffs, which I thought was interesting because in the regular season, Jones was averaging or Jones averaged 5.1 yards per carry with 100 more carries than Fournette. So I think that's be really interesting to see how they balance that with uh, Leonard Fournette being hot and Jones still being who he is. And then also I'm looking at Jalen Darden. He was one of my guys last year in the pre-draft process that I really liked, and they picked him in the fourth round. He's a he's out of North Texas and a little bit of a gadget player. He's super shifty and he can kind of be that yeah that gadget player that that the they might be they're not lacking it. They have Antonio Brown, but it's, he just brings another element to that offense that could be fun to see and take him to a whole other level that they haven't even been at yet and they're already Super Bowl champs. So I mean they don't. They need to go much higher. Mm, for sure. I think both these teams have a lot to prove in this first game. Are Is Tampa going to be able to recover? Not recover, but uh, play to the level that we all expect them to at the end of the Super Bowl. They had all those parties afterwards. I mean, is a team going to be able to repeat, uh, at least look like they're going to repeat, right? And then Dallas, you're looking at a division that, in my opinion, everyone thinks it's pretty bad, but I think it might be a little bit tighter than people think. I think Washington is the clear favorite in that division. But I've seen a lot of people say the Cowboys are going to do it, except we saw what happened to them last year. What are the implications for this game for both teams? Yeah, I think the biggest implication for the Bucks is that they're just going to have to answer that Super Bowl hangover question. Like, they are, they, today I saw a report that they asked the fans to get in their seats early because they're going to be celebrating the Super Bowl before the game. And will they? how will the team respond to that? Will they be looking into the past and saying, like, oh, we just want it, we can do whatever we want now, that we don't have any pressure anymore because we've already got the monkey off our back of winning the Super Bowl. But at the same time, they could come out and just destroy all those things. And if they come out and beat down Dallas, who, I mean, Dallas has the talent to be a really good team. They really do. I mean, their offense is just loaded with weapons, and their defense has some guys that could step up. But I think the Bucks need to come out and prove it right away that, I mean, it's a Tom Brady-led team, so I don't think they're going to be taking anything lightly. So they need to come out right away and just show everybody that they're not looking to the past and they're focused on the future. And then I think for the Cowboys, too, I think that they just need to come out and compete. And I don't know if I, don't know if I would say that they – they they're not they're probably not gonna win this game in my opinion. I don't think they they have the talent to beat the Bucks offense, and the spread is I think the spread is eight point five. I saw and the Bucks were minus four forty, but win or lose, I just think they need to be competitive and show show that they have some fire in their on their team and that they need to be heading in the right direction. So I think just a competitive game from the from the Cowboys is a step in the right direction, whether it's a loss by fifteen or five or twenty, as long as they're showing some heart out there. I think that's what they need to be looking for. Mm. And you already mentioned that. You're pretty sure that the Bucks are going to take this one. If you were to put a final score on it, what would it be? Uh, I think I think it could be a shootout just because both offenses are so high powered and both secondaries may be lacking a little bit to say the least, especially Dallas's. Um, but I, I think it'll be somewhere in the I'll say Bucks thirty-five to twenty-four. Okay, that that seems like a great number. I'm pretty sure that was really close to what yeah. I said as well. Um, going outside of the games that we have on that we have tonight I'd love to look at a few great games that come up this Sunday right and your Eagles are going against in my opinion a very talented Atlanta team I have this team and going to the playoffs 
winning double-digit games. This is in Atlanta. Philadelphia, I consider to be one of the youngest teams in the NFL, considering you have Jalen Hurts, you have Devontae Smith, right? Um, what are you looking from your team in particular as a fan and from an analytics standpoint, and how do you expect them to handle this game? Yeah, first off, I just got to say fly. You go fly, baby. We're, we're, looking, we're looking a little young, like you said, but I'm really excited for this season and seeing how, how if Hurts can take that second step in the, in the second year and see, see how this goes. But, I didn't, well, first of all, I want to ask, why, what, what makes you so high on the Falcons? What's the... Oh, I love their offense. Okay. I, even though Julio Jones left, I think they have a better talent than Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Davis is a solid running back. We saw a lot of, um, of pain come out from Todd Gurley last year. and never The running back he was in the past, he just isn't right now. But Mike Evans, Mike Davis has been there through and through. Um, we yeah. saw him in Carolina take off with that Super Bowl team. Yeah. Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. I don't think he's downgraded at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've worked on that offensive line a little bit. The biggest thing for me is that defense came alive end of last year, especially at the turnover standpoint. Yeah. Um, so if they can keep that rolling, Dante Fowler Jr. fell off all the charts last year, and he admitted at the end of last year that I did not play well, yeah. and I need to step up personally. So I think his grind individually, A.J. Terrell on the outside there, I think he's a talent at cornerback in his second year. He's going to be better. So I think with the offensive powers that they have, Calvin Ridley still is now clearly the number one wide receiver there. But now you have Kyle Pitts, who's virtually a wide receiver, right? So the defense that we saw at the end of last year, if they can continue that momentum, I think they have a better offense this year. New Orleans seems to me a little bit weaker without Drew Brees, so I think the division itself gets a little bit easier. And their schedule this year, I don't know if you've looked at it, is an easy road. Is it, yeah. Outside of Tampa Bay and a few other tough guys, they're outside teams. I think they play the uh, the NFC East, yeah. plus Carolina twice, plus New Orleans yeah. twice. That's a lot of easy games in my opinion, so I think they can put up some serious numbers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the one point that I would say is I just, I'm not very confident in their defense. I mm. think I think I was looking at some pro football-focused stats, and they, they rated them the second, the second worst defensive line and the very worst secondary. And so that kind of has me thinking, like, if – it's a perfect game for the Eagles to start out the season with, with the young guys. They're, they're, our receiving core is super young. We have Devontae Smith as our one receiver who came off an incredible year at Alabama, and then Jalen Rayer going into year two, who he missed expectations last year, but there's obviously some circumstances with Wentz and the O-line, and he had some injuries too. And then Quez Watkins, who was, who was a, a rookie last year too, who was just blown up this preseason, taking screen passes 75 yards to the house. And so I'm really excited to see how this young core – they have a really good opportunity in front of them playing, off, playing against this Atlanta Falcons team. It's, it's not like they're playing the Broncos week one. Who would just, I mean, the Broncos secondary is going to be unreal this year. And so I, I do think we have a good a good opportunity. I think I, I have us pulling this game out by seven personally. Mm. But I do I do agree with your point on Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts could have a day against our linebackers. Our linebacking core is probably one of the worst in the league. We did add Eric Wilson from the Vikings, but I don't know if that's enough to to kind of cancel all that out. But I think, I think it'll be a fun game. And it's two, two teams who are kind of – Head in different directions, and just with the veteran quarterback and Matt Ryan, you know what you're going to get from him. And then you have the new guy in Jalen Hurts, and nobody knows what you're going to get from him. So I'm really excited to see this game and how it plays out. I was about to ask you about Jalen Hurts. What do you want to see from him, not only in this game, but as the season progresses? I think, I think in this game specifically, early on in the year, I just want to see him cut down on his turnovers in in his ball security. His ball security last year was was pretty poor. He, he would come in for gadget plays and run read options and stuff like that, and he had a lot of fumbles. Not he didn't lose all of his fumbles, but he just the ball was on the floor a lot when he was he was out there at times, and then also just kind of going through progressions. And he's he's quick to get out of the pocket. He, I mean, he can scramble because he's super athletic. He's shown that out throughout college and in his first year. 
And so I, I just want to see him progress as a, as a thrower and make the right reads, read the defenses, and hit, hit, the, hit the tight ends when they're open or wait to let a play develop and hit, hit Quez Watkins running down the sideline for a touchdown. So I'm, that's what I'm looking for from him. Mm. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he will surprise some people, but mm. we'll see. He's, no, he's I, definitely, I definitely was a fan of him when he first came in, and yeah. I think he'll do way better this year. Yeah. Um, a lot of the big news was around Zach Ertz mm-hmm. and whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go. Yeah. He ends up staying, but you still have, my opinion, top 10 tight end, Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. What is your personal opinion on that whole scenario and how that went down? Yeah, so I'm personally, I'm happy that we still have both of them. I think, I know the Vikings were looking at trading for them when, when their tight ends went down. But I think what we can do with the two tight end sets is, is really dangerous and hard to guard because you can run the run the middle of the field. And I think those two are two of the top 10 tight ends in the league, like you said. And so I think Ertz has obviously gone downhill a little bit in the last couple of years. He's had contract disputes, and he wasn't happy in Philly. But he seems to be completely bought in this year, which is both well for the team and for everybody involved. And so I think they can; those two tight ends specifically will be that security blanket for Ertz as he's growing and as he's trying to trying to feel his way as a number one quarterback. And so I think at the very least, there's security blankets who he can kind of trust on to, when in doubt, check it down to them. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. Hmm. Go into the rest of week one. We have a boatload of previous playoff ma- playoff team matches mm-hmm. that I think could happen in the future. Uh, first off, the one that intrigues me the most is probably Seattle Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Seattle is notorious for being a early of the year great team. They went six and zero last year before stumbling and missing the divisional round of the playoffs. Indianapolis had just a very steady year, finished eleven and five with a, almost a brand new team at running back, at quarterback, whole new defense that they ramped up. Um, but they caught they caught fire a little bit later in the year. Yeah. So now you've got a new Indianapolis with Carson Wentz and a Seattle team that hasn't really changed a lot, but we saw how they did at the end of the year. Yeah. This game is in Indianapolis. What's your take? Yeah, I think I think this game's gonna be really fun to watch too. I I'm I'm a little bit weary of the Colts' injuries they've had. They've had the injury bug a little bit with Campbell's been hurt, Fisher's been hurt, Quentin Nelson's had that deal with his back, and then also Xavier Rhodes didn't participate in practice. And so I think those are pretty big core pieces for that Colts team. And so that, that if they play, I think I have the Colts winning this game by three, personally. I think that the loss of uh, Griffin on the outside for the Seahawks is a pretty big pretty big loss. And I saw Jamal Adams was their best pass rusher last year from, coming from a safety standpoint. That's something that you don't want to see. You want your edge rushers and your D-line to be that those guys. And so I think that the Colts have the, the offensive line is really solid if, if Nelson can play, if Fisher can play. And so I think the running game will, will give the Colts the win. But I do, like you said, like the Seahawks are a very hot team in the beginning, and I mean they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett on the outside, and they can throw the ball with anybody. So it will be fun to see, and these young Colts quarterbacks, we put cornerbacks, we put to the test early. But I agree with I agree with a lot of what you just said. Who do you have winning that game? I have Indianapolis as well, and I think it's either by by four or three or something okay. like that. I agree, a very very yeah. tight game, probably a, probably a shootout, considering yeah. that Seattle's off defense is weaker, yeah. but I'd say Seattle's offense is also better. Yeah, I agree. So. And I love Jonathan Taylor's running yeah. back. I think he's going to be a top five yeah. running back this year. Yeah. I think I think in his second year, after his amazing finish last year, I yeah. think he'll do just better this year. I drafted him in both my fantasy leagues, so I'm, I'm banking on oh, that. Oh, no, for, for sure, for sure. What do you think about Wentz? What do you think he's going to do this year? Wentz has, got, Wentz has two things that he's got to do. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. And he's got to stay confident. Yeah. So last year, you, you could tell that, and this wasn't necessarily his fault, but the Eagles had the worst offensive and worst offensive line in the National Football League last yeah. year, right? Yeah. So he was skittish. You could tell he was nervous. He did not feel comfortable in the pocket. Mm-hmm. The Colts, on the other hand, have arguably a top five offensive line when yeah. they all stay healthy, yeah. right? 
So if he can realize that he can stay comfortable in the pocket, he's got a few injuries on the outside, but Michael Pittman Jr. sure showed up at the end of last year as well. Um, they still have a, a great tight end in Jack Doyle. Um, so I think that if he realizes the system he's in and gets comfortable, then he can really do some damage because I still think his arm strength is there. Yeah. He yeah. just hasn't really had a, the best team around him yeah. in Philadelphia. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's, I agree <laughs> too with that. I think it's huge for the Eagles fans. We, we got their first-round pick, hopefully, a conditional first-round pick. So if he plays 75% of the snaps, that first-round pick stays at the first round. But if, it's, if he plays any less than that and they don't make the playoffs, it turns to a second. So all, our, all of us Eagles fans are going to be hoping that he stays healthy this year and can help us out one more time by getting that nice. third first-round pick. Second game I want to get into, or third game on Sunday, is Pittsburgh and Buffalo. We saw how this game went down last year. Very low scoring, very interesting weather with the snow and the wind, and then Buffalo was able to pull it out in the end. This is kind of a, it's not a new team for Pittsburgh, but I feel like it's a new team considering now they have an actual legit run attack in, yeah. in Najee Harris. Buffalo, Josh Allen is my MVP vote this year. I think he really comes alive and steps up above Mahomes yeah. or Rodgers. This game last year ended up being a double digit score. Do you see that happening this time, or maybe a little bit closer? I, I think Buffalo will be really, really good this year, and I'm I'm a little bit down on the, on the Steelers this year too. I think I like I, like you said, Josh Allen. I think he's elite as they come. I think he'll. I've seen a lot of people say that he's better than Mahomes. Now I saw on NFL Network they were talking about that last night, um, which I don't know if I would agree with that or not. But I think with the the four receivers that they have and Beasley, Diggs, and then Gabriel Davis, I think those three are going to be really good, and then. You pair that with Emmanuel Sanders coming in this year too. Like they're going to be tough to do, tough to guard. I think Pittsburgh defense is they're they're one of the best in the league too. But T.J. Watt, I saw that he's he's limited this this week and he hasn't been practicing with the team. He's been doing the, the individual drills and stuff, but with the contract pulled out, he hasn't been doing the team drills yet. And so I saw that he might only play fifty percent of snaps if he plays at all, and that that worries me a lot because I mean they need T.J. Watt to be an elite defense. He's arguably the top three defender in the league, and so I think that that will definitely hurt them. And then with their O-line changes too, they have Pouncey's not there anymore, and then Bill in the Wave is gone. So that'll be a little bit of a a little bit of a continuity issue there. But like you said, Najee Harris, I'm really excited to see what he, he can bring to the table. Uh, he's stud at Alabama, and I expect nothing less from him in the NFL. And so I think I think that'll be a really interesting matchup with the with the two teams. But I do have Buffalo pulling it out by ten actually. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. yeah, I think they're too much, and I think they have too many veterans all around the team that they're just a complete team from head to toe. Especially, I think a bigger impact is also that this game is in Buffalo. Yeah, that's true. right. Bills Mafia is going to go yeah. insane. Weather's projected to be pretty nice. Yeah. So I think that'll be Buffalo all the way as well. Yeah. But first, first game back since COVID too, so that Bills Mafia is going to be cranked. Exactly. Up. Yeah. And I also am interested to see um, how does Pittsburgh react if they do lose this game. Yeah. Right, because they don't necessarily have a road. They have the second ranked, second ranked hardest defense or hardest schedule in the NFL right now, right? Okay. So how do they step up, especially, this is a non-divisional game. Yeah, their, di- their division is already super hard as it is right now, so how does Pittsburgh step up afterwards, yeah. and how does Ben Roethlisberger react? Quick question, who do you see as their leading receiver this year out of the three, Claypool, Johnson, and uh, Claypool, Johnson, and Blake on the third? I Well, one, they gotta start catching balls. Juju, Claypool, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, they gotta start catching balls. Yeah. I mean, they dropped everything yeah. last year, so, that being said, if they can actually hold on yeah. to the ball, um, I think Juju has a bounce back there. Yeah. yeah. Because I think a lot of people saw how great Deontay Johnson and 
Chase Claypool are last year, mm-hmm. that I think Juju kind of sneaks in under the radar. Yeah. I think he's their number one wide receiver still. Yeah. He's still the he's the biggest man on the field, mm-hmm. right? And he's the deep threat on the outside. Last year, Big Ben, I believe, had the record for time to release the ball in the pocket mm-hmm. because he kept hitting slot routes, right? Yeah. Now I think the priority needs to be back on Juju and getting the deep balls going. Just like he had that pairing with Antonio Brown when he was still there, mm-hmm. Juju needs to get back in that position. So I I do see Juju, even though he's like the number one guy, yeah. the stress that was put on the other two guys, I think helps out Juju. Yeah. yeah, I want to see Johnson go for a thousand yards this year. That's, that's what I'm looking for. He's got the potential and the route running ability. Now he just needs to put it together with his hands oh, for and sure. limit the drop. So that'll be one thing that I'm looking out for. Too. Absolutely. Uh, next game. This is one that a lot, a lot of people are looking into, but I think the LA Chargers Washington football team is going to be a super good matchup. I am hyped on Justin Herbert. I've said it like every podcast episode this year, but I think Herbert, with that new offensive line they have, is going to be great, and their defense is now healthy with Joey Bosa. But then the Washington football team, in my opinion, still has a top five defense, yep. and Ryan Fitzpatrick has been notorious for doing well early in the year. So we've got a great defense against a great offense and a good defense against a good offense. This is in Washington. What do you think? Yeah, I have, this one was tough for me because I, I think this is a really intriguing matchup too, like you said. And I have the Chargers winning by three. I think it'll be a really close game. And it's going to be so interesting to see this new O-line get put to the test right away against arguably the best front four in the league. I mean, Chase Young's going to be an animal. you got Jonathan Allen there who's going to be tearing things up all year. And so this new O-line, they have four new starters, and Rashawn Slater, the first-round draft pick, is going to be put to the test and thrown into the fire immediately. So that's going to be really fun to watch. And then they have the two former Packers and Corey Lindsley and Brian Belaga. So they, they, they have all the makings to be a really good team this year. And so I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty high on the Chargers, too. I think Derwin James coming back is going to be a big addition from, for, for them. He missed all of last season with the tour meniscus. And so if he can come, come back to what he was pre-injury in his rookie year, I think they're going to be a very dangerous team. And then, like you said, Fitzpatrick in the new offense, I think, I think that'll be really interesting with, um, I, I really like Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin too yeah. on the outside. Terry McLaurin I think is a monster. But unluckily for them, they have Curtis Samuel was on the injury report this year, he just, or this week again, he tweaked his, I think it was his groin. And so that's something to watch too. I think they need Curtis Samuel to, to live up to that explosive offense that they want to become coming, coming off of a good year at Carolina. And I saw too, Austin Eckler didn't practice last night. So that could be something to watch for the Chargers because he's going to be heading up their offense this year or there was a run, run game this year behind that new O-line. So that's going to be two, those are two key pieces that are going to be potentially missing if they're not able to go on Sunday. But I think it'll be a really fun game to watch, and I'm excited about both of these two, two young teams. So Absolutely, for sure. Last game, uh, Jordan, that I want to get into, and this is the game of the week by far. Yeah. Everyone knows it's coming. Everyone's excited about it. I mean, this has been more anticipated than I think the, the uh, game tonight with Tampa Bay yeah. and Dallas. Yeah. we got Cleveland. We got KC. We got the rematch from the divisional round. I'm not going to say my opinion right now. What are your first? What's your take yeah. right I've, now? I've got I've got KC winning easily again. I think I not maybe not easy. I got them by I'll say by ten points. Ten points is going to be the margin on this one, in my opinion. I think I think that mostly comes down to the inexperience on the Brown secondary, uh, specifically they're starting their rookie cornerback Greg Newsom, and I think. That's just that's tough. You want to throw him into the fire right against Patrick Mahomes in your very first start. You've got Tyreek Hill and, and um, Travis Kelsey that are going to be tearing it up out there. And so I'm, I would not want to be a rookie quarterback starting against Patrick Mahomes in my first game. So I think they'll take advantage of that matchup. I think the Browns, they, the Browns obviously got a 
whole lot better on defense. They added Troy Hill and John Johnson, and then they drafted JOK out of Notre Dame, and then Jadavion Clowney coming back or coming to the Browns after his his uh, stints other well other other places. And so that'll be interesting to see how they do. And then I think the Chiefs on the line too. It's much improved with the addition of Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney, and then they. They uh, added three rookies this year, so we'll, we'll see how that goes and if they can. I mean, you saw in the Super Bowl, that was just the, the reason they lost, I think. They they couldn't handle the pressure from the Bucks, and, and that was why the Bucks are Super Bowl champions this year, and the Chiefs are looking to make it back. So I do think if the Browns can't get pressure, they do have, that's their best chance to win, get Mahomes out of the pocket again, like, like the Bucks were able to, and force him to kind of run around a little bit. But I still, I still see the Chiefs winning by 10, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, no, and I'm definitely interested. Uh, when I first see this game, I think of Odell Beckham Jr. Because we saw how Baker played with him last year. His stats were com- considerably worse when Odell Beckham left after, I believe, week six. Right. So can this offense, I still think they're more dangerous with Odell, but how do they use him and how can Baker handle the pressure of having great weapons in Odell and Jarvis and Nick Chubb? How does they manage that? I also have the Chiefs winning by at least seven. Mm-hmm. Um but just to see how Cleveland can handle this. Cleveland's got a tough road ahead also with their division, with other teams they're going to have to go against. Uh, the Chiefs are just as dominant as they were last year. So I think they're, I think it's going to be even with that. All right, Jordan. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love the take, and maybe we can do some kind of recap episode later in the year. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a joy to be on, and I can't wait for tonight and the rest of the season. So. Oh, absolutely. Make sure to catch it on NBC 820, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Football's back, and we're ready to go. Peace out.